All right, well, thank you, Pastor Mike and our Walk Worship team for leading us in this time today. Again, my name's Hayden Radner. I'm the senior pastor here at Walk Church, and it is an honor to be able to kick off this new series that we're titling Honor, honoring the Lord in all that we think, say, and do. And I just want to confess to you today that I've been on this journey uh, throughout my life and really throughout my Christian life, studying this word, getting to know the life of Jesus, and finding that this topic of honor is not just a, a, a good idea, but really a biblical subject that, that we need to get to know better. I, I, I've been making it my prayer as of late that our church would have a culture, and culture is not just what you say, but what you feel, that we would have this honoring feel toward God and toward each other. And so that was some of the heartbeat when our team decided to do this series. And so we're jumping in today, and I want to go ahead and kick it off with a, a sermon that I'm titling, God Honors Honor. Come on, say it with me right now. Say, God Honors Honor. If, you're, if you have a watch party, if you're with your family right now, look at your kids and be like, hey, kids, God Honors Honor. Kids, say it back to your parents in an honoring way. God Honors Honor. He does. This word honor by definition is to have high respect and great esteem towards someone or something. To have this, this high respect, not just a low level of respect, not just an average level of respect, but a high respect. We really believe that God honors honor. In the Greek, the uh, original word for the word honor is this word time. It's spelled T-I-M-E. It's spelled time in a lot of ways. It, it, it refers to value. It refers to money in the original language. With, to put honor on something is something uh, as a way to show value to something in a high regard. And so when I read these words in the scripture, I'm reminded that we as Christians are called to be honoring brothers and sisters to God and toward each other. And so I want to go ahead and preach from a passage of scripture this morning that I hope would help us see this all the more clear, specifically when it comes to God honoring honor. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter six, and we're gonna be looking at verses one through six. If you're ready, come on, say ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. Let's eat. Father, before we eat from your word right now, God, help us to hear your voice. Calm our hearts, steady our minds, help us to lock in right now. God, don't let this just be another message that we hear, but God, let it, let it be a game changer in our lives. Help, help this word to, to shape honoring hearts and honoring spirits in all of us that are watching now. And God, help me to live this out and preach this in this time right now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. The text starts in verse one, and here's what it says says that he, Jesus, went away from there and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are, are not his sisters here with us? And, and they took offense at him, right? I don't know if you can relate to Jesus. Maybe you've offended somebody in your day. Jesus 
was offensive in this text, not, not necessarily for what he did, but they just began to get offended by him. And here's what Jesus says. It's really interesting. He speaks to them in verse four. He says, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. Verse five says, and he could not do mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief and he went out among the villages teaching. God honors honor. We see it right here in the text. It says that Jesus and his disciples decided to go back to his hometown. Likely he was in Nazareth here and this would be the second occasion that Jesus would go back home. And so I just want you to imagine Christ. He's with his team. He's got his 12 now with him. And he goes back to his hometown. And here's why I think it's important to know that, that Jesus is going back because according to the scriptures in Luke, so if we were to read this chronologically, we find that Jesus was at his hometown not too long ago and it didn't end well, right? In fact, I, I think Jesus... He pulled off a Jesus juke here, all right? Do y'all know what a Jesus juke is? Right, let me go ahead and read it to you. Right, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. Luke chapter four, verse 29 and 30 says, the people got upset at his teaching. They rose up and drove him out of the town, brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they could throw him down the cliff. Come on, dang, right? like Jesus, I could just see him backing up. Here's the edge of the cliff. <laughs> but I love this next verse right here. It says, but passing through their mist, he went away. I love the Jesus moment right here where he just says, look, it's not my time yet. Everybody back up. And I, I just see picture Jesus walking right through the crowd like somebody touched me. I didn't think so. The thing that I love about this text right here is that that was Jesus's last experience in his house, in his hometown in Nazareth. And here he is coming back. I think one, one component of an, of an honoring spirit when I look at the life of Christ is that he always thought the best about people. When Jesus, even though he had a bad experience, if you would, where the people weren't honoring to him, in fact, they were trying to kill him, Jesus says, I still wanna give you another chance. I don't, I don't wanna hate on you. I don't wanna throw shade to you. I wanna love on you and I wanna come bring the word to you. And here we see Jesus back now and he's modeling for his disciples. I wonder if his disciples were tapping each other like, yo, why are we going back here? Like it, it was bad at that moment. And Jesus says, because we love people, because we honor people. And Jesus honored the people in his house, in his home, in his town. And he's there and he's back. He wants to make a difference, right? He, he went back believing God's best for the people. He went back hopeful that something may have changed in the people. He, he didn't write them off. In fact, he wrote them into his agenda. On his disciple-making journey, he said, I gotta stop back there because I wanna, I wanna honor the people. I just wanna encourage you to take this note from Jesus's book. Don't assume the worst in people. I assume the best in people. Don't, don't automatically go to this person, I'm gonna write them off. But look at what Jesus does here. He, he's showing grace, he's showing patience, he's showing favor, and he's loving on people that were even against him in that moment. Here's what happens next. Verse four says, Jesus said to the people, when they started to question him, he said it like this, he said, a prophet is not without honor 
except in his hometown, among his relatives and in his household. The problem with this passage, unfortunately, is that even though he came back, the people didn't receive him, right? The people had gotten so familiar with Jesus in a sense that they just said, you know what? He doesn't really do it for us. His teaching doesn't move us. His presence doesn't wow us. It doesn't cause us to worship. It causes us to question. And so they said, well, is this the Jesus that is a carpenter? Isn't this the Jesus that was Mary's son? Isn't this the Jesus that's the brother of James and Joseph? And why, why is he so special? And, and they missed it. And now Jesus, he affirms his stance as a living prophet right here. He wasn't only a prophet. That was just one of the titles he carried. But he says, he quotes this ancient proverb and he says, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. I really feel like Jesus showed up on the scene expecting to be greeted differently, expecting there to be faith in his hometown, expecting there to be people who are waiting and praying and, 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 and seeking God for their savior, for the Messiah. And Jesus shows up and he's doubted and questioned. I want you to just, just take a second with me and just think about this for a moment, right? The living savior. I don't know about you, but if Jesus steps into your home right now, hopefully you would honor him. If, if he were to step on this stage right now, I know that I would, I would quickly go sit down and I would quickly get my journal and notepad up. And I would sit at his feet and say, Jesus, teach me. I don't have anything to teach you right? You pastor this church. You establish this honoring culture. Jesus, you are the boss. You are the leader. I will follow you. He's here in his hometown, friends. He's among his people. Imagine the live living Savior in their synagogue, and they missed him. They, they failed to honor him. Let me ask you this. Have you gotten so familiar with Jesus that you've stopped honoring him as the savior and Lord of your life? Are you starting to look more like the hometown people where you once were fired up about Jesus? You once honored Jesus. You once gave him the glory. You once said, yeah, praise the Lord. You once opened your Bible in the morning. You once opened your Bible in the afternoon. You once woke up and prayed. You went to sleep in prayer. That was once your story, but then you got so familiar, you forgot about what it means to honor the Lord. But if Jesus were to walk into your house right now, you would say, hey, what up, Jesus? There would be no honor there. Remember, the definition for honor is to have a high view, a high respect, a high esteem, a, a place of value and reverence towards someone or something. Jesus says, I don't have that here. He comes home and he says, where, where is the, the honor? God honors honor. I like how Dr. David Platt says it in his commentary on the gospel of Mark. He says, what we believe about Jesus will determine everything about how we worship Jesus. He goes on to say, if we believe Jesus is a good man who did good things for us, then we will honor him as we honor a good man who does good things for us. But if we believe Jesus is the majestic, glorious, universal king over all creation, if we believe that that, it will be evident in the way 
be evident in the way we sing to him. It'll be evident in the way that we pray to him. It'll be evident in the way that we worship him. Let me go ahead and just have some permission to convict you real quick. What did your worship look like a few minutes ago? Were you kind of working around the kitchen, cleaning some stuff? Were you sitting down? Were you humming the words on the screen? Were you, were you distracted? Were you scrolling on your phone? Or were you worshiping the Savior of the world? Were you honoring him with your voice? Were you honoring him with your praise? There have been times, let me tell you, my friend, where I'm, I'm convicted myself, where I've just gotten too familiar and I lost some honor and I want us to get back there today. We continue looking at this and God's saying, I'm changing up the expectation. Jesus goes back home and he says, the expectation is honor. The expectation is worship. The expectation is reverence. Do you even see the Savior? And, and you would want to see the Savior. Here's why, because God honors honor, right? You, you find this not just in the New Testament, but this is on display in the old as well. That draws my attention back to the book of 1 Samuel. We just finished our study through the book of Ruth. And as Ruth ends, it opens up into the book 1 Samuel. And the time of the judges is kind of finishing up and God is appointing priests to lead his people and priests that would be a mediator between God and the people. And he, he would speak on behalf of God and he would represent the prayers of the people. And at this time, there was a priest named Eli. Everybody say Eli. Right now, Eli had two sons. And these sons were wicked. They were sexual sin, pridefulness. They, they didn't know God. They denied God. And Eli's trying to help them see that. But yet at the, at the same time, Eli's not honoring God. So people are bringing their offerings to the Lord and to the temple. And Eli's eating the offerings that are belonging to the Lord. And God had this word for Eli and his family. God was going to use them to do great things. But look at this verse in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. God speaks to him. And here's what he says. He says, therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promised that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. What a promise. God says, Eli, I, I made this promise that you'll be able to come to me and go before me forever. But now, come on, say it with me. Say, but now, but now, this is a but now moment. But now lean in, listen in. But now the Lord declares, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. God says, check this out. I know I promised that it was gonna flow through you, but you know what? I'm actually gonna change that up right now. I'm going to an honor system. In fact, here's how it'll work. If you honor me, I'll honor you. God says, hey, look, you can, you can actually measure the level of honor from the Lord in your life by the way you honor him. God says, hey, Eli, don't get too comfortable in this thing because the calling that I'm calling you to is, is to honor me. Honor me with your lips. Honor me with your heart. Honor me with your mind. Honor me with your actions. Have a high respect for the Lord. God honors honor. And when there's a lack of honor, when there's a famine of honor, as we see in this text in Mark chapter six, 
It's something that, that stops Jesus from doing all the things that he wanted to originally do. Come on, look back at this text with me, Mark 6, verse 5. He just gave that declaration. A prophet is without honor in his hometown. And verse 5 says, And he could not do mighty work there. And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Here's what I believe. I believe that lack of honor and disbelief toward God will block the blessing of God on your life. Well, let's see this one more time. Let's put it up on the screen. I wanna make sure you catch this because this is good news for you or this is bad news for you. Depends on which side you're on. If you're gonna say, hey, I'm gonna take this challenge serious to be a more honoring leader, a more honoring brother, a more honoring sister, this is a word for you. Hear me again. Lack of honor and disbelief toward God will block the blessing of God on your life. Let me say it to you in a different way. Inability to honor Jesus will limit his miraculous work in and through you. Your inability to give Jesus the honor that he deserves, right? What will happen as a result is his miraculous work will be limited in your life. And I love you enough, Walk Church, to tell you, hey, there's a better way. I don't know about you, but I wanna maximize everything that God has for me. I wanna tap into every single box that Jesus has for my life. I pray when I get to heaven that Jesus would have grace on me and not show me all the stuff I missed because I failed to honor him. It, it doesn't say that Jesus didn't want to do many mighty works in his hometown. I think Jesus did. Come on, right? I think Jesus went back home with this expectation that it's going to be a move of God. Revival is going to flood through Nazareth. I'm going back home. God's going to move. I'm going to go there. I'm going to start healing people. I'm going to preach in the synagogue. I'm going to save people. I'm going to raise people. And here's what he, he was met with, dishonor. Therefore, he didn't do mighty works. This text tells us that he could do no mighty work there. And friend, I would just say, hey, this isn't a, a question of Jesus's ability or his power. Jesus didn't check in his God card at this moment. Jesus didn't just say, hey, what? I just don't got enough power to do it. No, he's what, here's what he said. He said, you know what? I'm not gonna do it. Jesus chooses, he makes a decision at this moment to say, no honor, no power. The mighty, the mighty works will, will follow the honoring spirit that he is establishing. Come on, just do this right here with me right now. Let's just have a moment together. Just go ahead and raise your hand wherever you're at right now. If you wanna experience all the mighty works of Jesus that he has planned for your life. Come on, I just want, I'm gonna raise both. I want, both. I want all the mighty works that he has planned for my life, I wanna experience all of them. I wanna walk in all of them. I wanna embrace all of them. Come on, raise your hand if you wanna experience all God's potential for your life, right? This is the posture. It's a posture of honor. It's a posture to say, Jesus, have your way with me. Don't go through life like this, right? Can't get to your heart this way. There's no honor. This is a rejection right here. 
But when you go like this, say, Jesus, I'm here to honor you, welcome you, come into my city, come into my life, come into my house. We honor you, Lord. This is the foundation that sparks and sets off Jesus to do mighty, miraculous works in your life and your community. And friend, that's what I want in our church. I want Walk Church for the entirety of our existence to experience the mighty works of Christ, amen? Come on, if you're in the comments section right now, just do you feel me on this? If you, if you feel me, just say, I feel you. If you wanna experience all the mighty works that Jesus has for you and me and your family and our church and our city, come on, just type amen right now. I wanna experience it. It's gonna start by having an honoring spirit, by saying, Lord, in everything I do, I honor you. In everything that we do, we wanna honor the Lord. R. Kent Hughes in his commentary on this text, he says it like this. He says, incarnation, grace, resurrection are the most beautiful, mysterious words. We must never let our growing familiarity rob us of the dazzling wonder and demands of our faith. Here's what it's saying. Don't allow yourself to grow cold to Jesus. Don't allow yourself to grow numb to Jesus. Stay in that flame, friend. Stay around those sparks of the gospel so that you're continually moved by grace and you're saying, I just have nothing else to do but honor him. I don't wanna give my honor to anybody else. I wanna honor him. This is what we see in the text. The ESV study Bible talks about this scripture and it says like this, it says, hard-heartedness and rejection of Jesus prevent the Spirit's healing ministry. Just as they present forgiveness, prevent forgiveness of sin, the Holy Spirit does not force his miracles on a hostile, skeptical audience. The Holy Spirit's looking, searching. In the Psalms, it says that God bends down. And I think he, if, if, if he could look into your house today, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, children, older adults, younger adults, teenagers, students, if Jesus were to look into your life and guess what he is, will he find honor there? Will he find a great level of respect from you or a low level of respect from you? Right? If, if, if a camera were to follow your life for a full day, 24 hours, and they did a reality TV show on you, after those 24 hours, would there be anything at all that would signify this is an honoring person? This person honors Christ. Or would you look more like an atheist? I know that may be challenging, but let me challenge you because I want you to experience the fullness. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want our church to miss it. This is the honoring culture that Jesus wants to set. As we move into verse six, this text is almost done. It says, and he marveled because of their unbelief. It says that Jesus marveled. Some translations say Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. I find it fascinating, the paradox between two passages, right? In Matthew chapter eight, when Jesus shows up and he finds people that were full of faith or the centurion ruler, this foreign Gentile man who rides up next to Jesus and says, Jesus, I'm a man of honor, but you're even more than me. You could heal my servant 
and, and, and by just speaking it. You don't even have to go. Just by speaking it, you could heal him. And you know what, Jesus? He said, I'm amazed at this person's faith. Never seen faith like this in Israel. Didn't matter what type of background or cultural ideology he had. Jesus said, I just see honor. And therefore his servant was healed. Now on the flip side, Jesus has marveled at the lack of honor. Jesus has marveled at the lack of faith here. What I see here in this text is that in order for Jesus to marvel, to be amazed at the lack of faith, there had to have been this expectation that Jesus had that there would be faith. Do you, do you catch what I'm saying? Let me just talk to you really quick. That in order for Jesus to be, to be borderline puzzled or confused, it's almost like Jesus in this text is like, I expected a whole lot different here. I thought when I came home to preach and to heal and to save, that people would be honoring and excited and believe that wasn't what he experienced. And so what I've realized is that honor is not an option. Honor is an expectation. And maybe this is the first time you've heard this where you thought, you know what? I may be honoring. I may not be honoring. Some days I feel more honoring than others. I may honor people. I may not honor people. But let me go ahead and remind you, biblically, honor's never been an option. Honor's always been an expectation. Jesus shows up and he says, there's no honor here. And he's confused. Like, did y'all not read the book? Y'all didn't check the manual? I'm the Messiah. I'm Yeshua HaMashiach. I'm the Savior. I'm the the King of kings. I'm the Lord of lords. There's no honor here. And Jesus is saying honor is not an option. Honor is an expectation. One thing that our team has been working on is some just new distinctives for our church family. So when it comes to Walk Church, what are some distinctives that really represent the culture and the values and the heartbeat of Walk Church? And one of the distinctives that we've landed on is this. Honor is our expectation. Come on, say it with me right now. Honor is our expectation, right? That that we're gonna establish a culture in our church where honor is not just demonstrated, but it's felt. And I just really believe when we establish this culture of honor where it's becoming an expectation, like if somebody were to come into our church, they'd say, man, this church honors God and this church honors people. I really think that Jesus would do mighty works among us. Oh, how, how, how many mighty works we've missed simply because we failed to honor the Lord and his people. Honor is our expectation. We see this not just in this text in Mark. We're gonna do this series and I, I really hope that you commit to leaning in with this. Come on, commit to staying in the game. Commit to showing up next week. Whether we meet in person or online, just commit. Just say, Jesus, I honor you. I'm gonna be there. And I really think we're getting closer to an in-person meeting. So stay with me because I wanna let you know about what that, when that's gonna happen. Please stay with us in that. But regardless of the venue that this comes to you, we're gonna work through different honor texts. There's 175 times in this Bible that God uses the word honor. 175. If you find it in there once, it's worth looking at. But 175, it's an expectation, friend. This isn't an option. And I I think in America, too often we live in a low honoring culture. But the church should be different, amen? The bride and body of Christ 
should be different. Here, here, let me give you a couple examples. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. Here's what the Apostle Paul says to the church in Rome. The church lived in Rome experienced much more persecution and bizarre weirdness than we're experiencing. And we're experiencing a lot. I get it. But here's what Paul wrote to the church. He says this. He says, let love be genuine. In other words, let's not have fake love, all right? I don't even know if there's such thing as fake love because God's not fake and God is love. He says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, or some translations say, hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I've found that sometimes in Christianity, we start to get this competitive vibe. Like, you know, whose church is bigger or who's doing this or who's doing that? We start competing with each other. But biblically, there's only one text that talks about competition amongst church and that's in the text of honor. I think we should be having honor battles. Like, man, who can I honor more this week? I just wanna, I wanna, I wanna go ahead and outdo you. Like you honored me and it was powerful, but I'm gonna even outdo you more than that. And walk church, listen to me. If we start having this competitive zeal to honor one another, oh friend, I really believe it's gonna release the blessing of God that much more on this house. Let me give you another text. We're almost done. First Peter chapter two, verse 17 says, honor everyone. Hold up, hold up. Did he just say that? Like you in the kitchen right now flipping pancakes. Hold up, stop real quick. Who should we honor? Great question. Come on, say it with me. Two words. Honor everyone. Honor is not an option. Honor is an expectation. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Who was the emperor in the time of Peter when he wrote this? It's a bad dude. Peter was struggling amongst heavy persecution where they were lighting Christians on fire in the context of dinner parties and covering their bodies with black tar. It, 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 was, it was very difficult. Peter doesn't say you have to agree with the emperor, but he does say you have to honor the emperor. That's challenging for me. I don't know about you, but in trying to establish a culture of honor, I'm thinking through these scriptures. I don't want to just step over this text like I don't really see it. Like, man, that's in there, fam. Or let's not just kind of have a buffet Christianity where we're like, hey, like I'm a scoop of this, but I'm just going to leave that honor text out. Let's have all of it. Let's eat from this word and eat all of it and establish this culture of honor. John Bevere, who wrote a book on honor, says it like this. He just says, true honor is an overflow from a heart that fears God. A, a true sense of honor is just an overflow of your relationship with him. Of, a, of an overflow of, yeah, I got this, this fear of God, this love for God, this relationship with God. And it looks like, it looks like honor. What I want to do right now as we close is I want to give you what we're calling an honor challenge, right? So throughout the duration of this series, every weekend we're going to have an honor challenge, and it's going to be some practical challenging items going into this week. So tomorrow's Monday, and we got some challenges 
for you. And so here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want you to take this honor challenge. It's a five-day challenge, Monday through Friday. And it's, and it's going to really look a lot like creativity for you. Here, here's what it's going to look like. And we're also going to post these on our social media. But on day one, we want you to honor the Lord through worship. Here's what that means. Find a time within your day, pick your favorite worship song, and just put it on and honor the Lord through singing. Take a, take a moment out of your day where you're not looking at your phone, you're not talking to anybody. In fact, go into your closet and shut the door and just worship God through song. He delights in the praises of his people. Day number two, Tuesday. Honor the Lord with intentional prayer, right? Not robotic prayer, not shotgun prayers where you just say, Lord, bless me and I'm out. But intentional, unrushed, I'm getting alone with God and I'm gonna pray. That's day two. Day three, honor the Lord in his word. Find you a text of scripture. Maybe it's the proverb of the day or maybe it's the psalm of the day. Or maybe you say, you know what? I'm gonna start in a gospel. I'm gonna start the gospel of Matthew and I'm just gonna read a chapter that day. So on Wednesday, honor the Lord in the word. Monday, honor with worship. Tuesday, honor with prayer. Three, honor in the word. On Thursday, honor the Lord with a journal entry. Get you a piece of paper or a journal and just say, God, I just wanna honor you today with my heart. And just start writing like for real, do it. Just start writing. Just say, dear God, and just start writing. Write, write about your fears. Write about your struggles. Write about your dreams. It honors God. Even if you say, Jesus, here's my doubts, God will honor it if you just listen, if you just trust him, if you just put it all out there. Give it to him. And the final day is Friday. And here's the, this is the challenge, right? Honor the Lord through fasting for one meal on that day. So Friday coming up, I want you to honor God by saying, you know what? I'm gonna actually say no to a temporary physical need to say yes to an eternal spiritual need. Maybe it's breakfast for you, maybe it's lunch for you, maybe it's dinner for you, but maybe identify, maybe it's like a snack time that you have every day, but identify one of those times and say, during that one time, I'm gonna fast that one time for the purpose of honoring God with my worship. Don't, don't, don't cheat the system. Don't sleep in early that morning so you can fast that breakfast, right? Your mind might've went there. But whatever it is in your rhythm that you say, you know what, I'm gonna actually say no to a physical need, to say yes to a spiritual need, that would be the fifth challenge when it comes to honor. So if you're, if you're down for the honor challenge in the comment section, say, I'm down. Come on, if you're watching this with people right now, ask them or say, are you down? Are you down? Let's honor the Lord together this week. I'll close this time with a quote from the great revivalist A.W. Tozer. Here's what Tozer once said. He said, if God gives you a few more years, remember, it's not yours. Your time must honor God your activity must honor God. Everything you do must honor God. I wanna lead us in this time right now. I'm gonna pray and then I'm gonna send us into a moment right now where Vashon is going to lead us in a song of worship and just give us the opportunity to respond to God right now with worship. Let's just kick it off right. We're beginning a brand new series. 
Sometimes you got to worship your way into honor. And let's honor the Lord with our voices. Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, make us a more honoring church. God, I pray we'd honor you with our lives, with our lips, with our mind, with our heart, with our bodies, with everything. And God, if there's somebody here right now that doesn't know you, Jesus, as the Savior of his or her life, that doesn't know that you're the one who died on the cross for their sins, that, that they, maybe they don't, they don't know that you are the one who rose from the grave. Maybe they don't know that you are the Savior of the world, that you can save them right now. God, I pray that they would right now turn to you and honor you with faith. That Jesus loves you, my friend, enough to save you and die for you and rise for you. And he's coming back again. So right now, put your faith in Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I trust you. I believe in you. I honor you. I turn away from my sins. And I'm going to pursue my walk in you. Help me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen.